Knock, knock. Who's there? Memoirs of a Modern Marriage. Memoirs of a Modern Marriage who? Memoirs of a Modern Marriage.com. Oh, shit. You mean I can go to the site and request to be a guest? Fuck yeah. If you want to get in on this nonsensical conversation, hop onto our site and request to be a guest today. Bonus points if you're a furry couple. Also, don't forget to check us out on our social media sites. Links are in the description. Now get ready to start your week off meh. You ain't dancing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Memoirs of a Modern Marriage, where you get memoirs of a modern marriage. We are your hosts. My name is Dave. Not Liz. <laughs> and joining us for the second week in a row is our good friend, Emery. Hi. <laughs> welcome back. So, um, we kind of jumped a whole lot of topics, you know, in the last episode, but uh, I kind of want to just, you know... Go back a little bit and um, let's talk about you as a teenager, okay? Um, I, uh, so you were in, uh, in the last episode, um, you know, we learned about your childhood and the cult and everything, but I want to know what it was like as a teenager, um, like, um, well, first off, did you go to school? I actually did go to school. Okay. Um, was it like a public school? Yeah, or? My siblings and I went to a very small public school. Um, I graduated in a class of 82 people. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Compared to my kids now who are in classes of, you know, 1100 and don't even know all their classmates. I'm yeah. like, you know, there was a, a tragic thing that happened at my, my 17 year old school here recently. And I was like, Oh, did you know? Well, no, I didn't, but my boyfriend did. And I'm like, how, She's like one grade above you. How did you not know? Well, there's like, yeah, you know, 2,200 people between the two classes. I don't know everybody. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> so in your school, since it was that small, were a lot of the other kids from the cult or was it just you? So there was a good number of us. And then there was a separate church that had a whole lot of people mm-hmm. in that school. Um and so between the two churches, you know, everybody was from the church. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was two groups. The other group was a little more a little more liberal than mm-hmm. than the church that I went to, although you wouldn't have known it by looking at them. You know, they were in the ankle length skirts and mm-hmm. hair and buns and, you know, head coverings and all that. Um, but their beliefs were a little closer to like a Mennonite or an Amish belief. Okay. versus ours was uh, you hate everybody and if you're not inside, you're going to hell mm-hmm. kind of belief. Um, so, so did that kind of create like animosity between you and them? Not not really. Um, there was, I mean, there were definitely cliques, but that's high school. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah and, that's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if you if you know this about me, but I'm weird. And no, I've always been weird. No fucking <laughs> and, way. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been weird. So I was kind of on the outside of all of the groups, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I can look at it from that outsider's perspective and see that, you know, there was especially like in 
earlier years, middle school, early high school, before the people at the other church, they, they believed, we believed in baptism at a very young age and, you know, conversion at a very young age. It wasn't uncommon for people to do five, six, seven and baptized into the church. At this church, this other church, it was typically in the late teen, early 20s, um, much more similar to the way Amish do it. So it was more of your choice to do it instead of mm-hmm. being a child and like you have no choice. Right. So. And also if you walked away, you still had your family, you still had your friends, mm-hmm. you know, you just didn't, you were just feared of, you know, you wouldn't have your salvation, you know, mm-hmm. but their baptism was a whole lot more of like a, you work towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, you confess everything you've ever done wrong all the way back to like stealing a piece of bubble gum when you were three or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, write notes to people saying, you know, what you've done that, that you are, don't want, you know, that you want to repent for and, you know, talk to people and confess everything to everybody that you've ever done wrong. Actually, now that I think about it, it reminds me a lot of NA, but beside the point. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was a lot of there was a lot of differences between the two groups, but I don't think, especially when we were younger, it wasn't such a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. We were constantly inviting them to go to church or, you know, whatever, but it wasn't seen as, you know, they're different, mm-hmm. you know. We did not believe that they were going to heaven or whatever, but we didn't necessarily see them as lesser or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. So it was very much, very much they were outside. Mm-hmm. They were not part of our, our group. We couldn't be like close friends with them, you know, go and spend time with them, anything like that. But at the same time, we weren't, we didn't really like, there wasn't like, you could not be acquaintances or whatever, if that makes yeah. sense. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, I, I, I would say like, let's start with like high school. Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, high school, did you have very many friends? No, like I just said, I was weird. Um, (laughs) I was, I was kind of on the outside. Um, see, I was weird and I had a lot of friends, but you know, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, uh, it's kind of like, um, back then we used to say, uh, you know, um, we're, we're like freaks and we're, you know, we're, we're the outsiders and stuff like that. But like in our own right, we were popular because like, you know, we were different mm-hmm. like each other, but you had your click and then you had right. your hierarchy within that click. And so that's kind of where I was going with that question is like, yeah, did no. you have like a click? I was bad weird. Okay. Um, so you were like the kid that would like sit in the corner and play with like paper. I don't think I would go to that extreme, but, okay. you know, I, I did, I constantly had a book, you okay. know, yeah. constantly reading approved literature. Um, okay. Well, at least you weren't like the weird kid in the corner, like, like plays with his own snot or something. No. <laughs> um, so approved literature. Yeah. So you couldn't read like secular books. Right. So for example, you know, I was in high school when Harry Potter started coming out. Mm-hmm. And that was like demonic and, you know, they were teaching people to do witchcraft or like I wasn't allowed to read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or Lord of the Rings, which now people say is like Christian iconography. But back then in in our world, that was the occult, which was everything that wasn't inside was the occult. But it was a public school. Yeah. So how did you guys get past? Because And I mean, maybe different but like for Akron I went to Akron public schools 
there were certain books that you had to read that were secular. So did you just not? So there were a lot of projects that people from both churches were exempted from. Mm -hmm. For example, I didn't know dinosaurs were a real thing until about six years ago. (laughs) That's fair. Um, like because still people that don't believe that dinosaurs are uh, real. I do. I love dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the Jurassic Park movies. What are you talking about? Um, but like I, I thought that I was raised to believe that dinosaur bones were put in the earth by Satan to tempt us away from the belief in creationism. Mm-hmm. And so like when they taught about dinosaurs, like 80% of the class was taken out. And then there were like those two or three kids that got to learn the stuff or evolution was another one. Like, yeah. Or, um, there was a unit on like middle Eastern countries and like basically the entire class was taken out because they said they were teaching people to be Muslim. It's weird then that they would even send you to a public school. If it seemed like everything that they were teaching, you were exempt from. That's why a lot of our kids were homeschooled. Yeah. That's, it's almost like, why didn't they just have their own school that they created? That's weird. It's kind of like Waterboy, though, if you think about it. Like, you know, that, that part where he's like, Mama, when did Ben Franklin, like, create electricity? And she's like, that's atrocious. Ben Franklin didn't invent electricity. I invented it. <laughs> ben Franklin is the devil. <laughs> so do you feel like, I mean, I, you, a lot of things then you were exempt from. So mm-hmm. do you feel like you've kind of missed out then on a lot of education and maybe it wasn't as thorough? I've had to teach myself a lot of things. Yeah. I am today an avid reader. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know how to parse information because I've taught myself how to parse information. And so mm-hmm. I'm picking up on a lot of these things. But like yeah. I said, you know, it was six years ago when I realized that dinosaurs really were a real thing, that they weren't some fantasy creature. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. It's um, it's kind of interesting because my dad and stepmom just went down to what Kentucky where they have like that life size uh, Noah's Ark. And it's big enough for dinosaurs like. They said that there were dinosaurs on the ark. So there are two types of creationists. Mm -hmm. There are creationists that believe that all of the things are are real and the timeline in the Bible is not literal. Mm -hmm. And then there are people like my family who are young earth creationists and they believe that the world was literally created in six days and that, you know, the genealogy in the Bible is absolutely accurate and every mm-hmm. word is a commandment, you know? And so we know exactly how old the earth is and it's less than 6,000 years old. And so the, the people that created like the Noah's Ark museum, they are typically older earth creationists. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically believe somewhere in that, you know, the timeline, the six days in the Bible were not six literal days because mm-hmm. God could make any time frame mean anything. Yeah. Um, and then they believe that, you know, those genealogies, they're interesting, but they're not accurate. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where that is. Although mm-hmm. I know somebody who believed that that was actually Noah's Ark. Did I send you that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody 
um, a coworker of a friend of mine said that her coworker had went down there and she came back and she actually believed she'd seen Noah's actual arc. So Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I think we had that episode where we talked about like, he's a skeptic and, you know, I believe in like ghosts and God and everything. And so that is one of the things that we talk about often because he'll talk about like how the earth is like billions of years old. And I'm like, I wouldn't say billions of years old. You know? oh, it's, <laughs> like, it's definitely billions. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how old it is, but I know it's not 6,000 years old. Right. No. <laughs> and no, because I mean, ancient Greece. I mean, that obviously took place before Christ. So, you know. Yeah. Well, and there's people out there that believes that Jesus wasn't even real to begin with. Yeah. He was just made up. Yeah. To kind of keep people in line, um, you know, but really this far ahead in the future, it's really hard to say what's real. I guess it just really falls down on what your faith is, yeah. you know, <clears throat> whereas myself, I mean, if, okay, so if you don't know by now, I am atheist. Um, I do believe that the person that they call Jesus was a real person. And I do believe that he was a good person. And that's about as far as I go. And, you know, I might get a little bit of hate for that, but it is what it is, you Mm know. Um, That's why everybody has the freedom to believe. I I mean, when I say I believe in God, I'm not like one of those, like, you have to believe in my religion or. No, I don't think we'd be married otherwise. (laughs) No, I'm just like, you do you, man. Like. No, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Like, I respect anybody that has religion uh, because at least they have the guidance that they need. And I mean, and like I said, you know, I'm not somebody who's ever been like against homosexuality or, you know, I'm not racist. It's everybody's just a person. And if you look at everybody like that, instead of breaking them down into religion or if they believe in God, you know, like we'd all get along. (laughs) I think that's like my hippie, like, attitude coming it's out a, there it's a form of separation yeah like a lot of people use race religion politics to to segregate themselves from the other class yeah and um you know that, and that kind of goes back to your cult too because anybody that wasn't your cult yeah mm-hmm. they were the enemy yeah you know they were yeah. going to hell and if the, you didn't save their soul you didn't do good enough you know, did you ever bring anybody into the church? I know you said you would have to go door to door. Did you ever bring anybody into the church? Yeah, there were definitely people that, you know, I went and talked to that mm-hmm. came in. But typically people who came in would leave pretty quickly. Um, the, so the people who were within the church were more just born into it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm third generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Of that generation, of my generation, there are two still inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And of my mom's generation, she's the only one that stayed inside as long as she did. She's still inside just in a different, different church, but it's, it's equally fundamentalist and, Mm -hmm. and ridiculous. Um, But, um, we would average like 30 people on a Sunday morning. It was a very Mm -hmm. small group. And, you know, 
people having 10, 15, 20 kids, you know. Did you uh, ever try to convert, say, the people that were like more closer to like the Mennonites and stuff like that in your school? Um, There were definitely times when I would, you know, try to talk to them, but I didn't know enough about their beliefs right to other than, you know, there's there's this thing called the Roman road. I'm sure you've both heard of it. But it's like verses in Romans that you can like literally talk somebody through. And when at the end of it, they're going to know that they're a bad person and they're going to hell and they, you know, they have to come to Jesus. And it's it's like a lot of scare tactics. Oh, <laughs> shit, son. How come I've never fucking read that Roman road? I, I need to know I'm a bad person. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, so like, um, you're in high school. Uh, let's talk about graduation. Um, you graduated with 82. Children? Yeah. Okay. Um, what happened after, uh, after graduation? So, you know, back to the, the camp, I spent most mm-hmm. of my senior year there. Mm-hmm. I came back just before graduation and somehow still graduated. I don't know how I got the classes for my senior year because I didn't actually take any of them, but mm-hmm. I supposedly homeschooled while I was out there, but there was no education going on other than Bible. Right. Um, locking me in a room and making me fast and pray. And that does not sound like a good time. No. No. So I came back and uh, I graduated at 18 and 19 days later, I was married to somebody I had not met. That So you had an arranged marriage. Yes. You don't Fantastic. hear that often here. You still hear about that. Like in, third world countries or like. I mean, India still did, India, does yeah. it. Nepal. But you really don't hear about that much here. It still happens here. They just don't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reality TV family that um, the Duggars, mm-hmm. they just had two of their kids put into arranged marriages within the last year. Woof. So <clears throat> did you so you did not meet him before the wedding or no. And that's that's a little bit abnormal. Typically, our families do what we call courting, mm-hmm. which means like supervised meetings the it's still like the parents talk to the pastor the pastor talks to the boys pastor or the girls pastor and then the two pastors meet and then the parents meet and then the kids are allowed to meet and then they go on like supervised dates um never without a chaperone you're never to be alone Mm -hmm. um there's no hugging no kissing no anything like that before marriage um. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, typically, you know, your first kiss is on your wedding day at the altar in front of a bunch of people, which... How awkward. Right. <laughs> so do you think that they kind of fast-tracked it as part of your conversion? I do. Yeah. Um, And also, he had had some difficulty um, with you know, behavior and things like that. And so I think they were just trying to get rid of two problem children, um, you know, so that they didn't have to worry about, you know, mm-hmm. they, I think they assumed it was a phase and I would be over it as soon as I got married and saw how great it was, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, behavior problems don't go away because you're married. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> uh, year one of your marriage. 
Mm-hmm. Um, was it, and I, I say this because like, again, no experience with arranged, you know, marriages or even have I ever talked to somebody who has had the arranged marriage about this subject, mm-hmm. but year one, um, was it like sunshine and pigtails or <laughs> no, <laughs> first of all, I had had absolutely no sex education going into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I was expected to have babies. And like, if you weren't pregnant within your first year, there was something wrong and you were, there was sin in your camp and, you know, you're expected to have babies like as soon as possible mm-hmm. and no sex education. I didn't have any idea. He didn't have any idea. We were just kind of like, now what? Um, but also Behavior problems, like I said, don't go away because you get married. And he was violent and mean. And I didn't have a way out. Did that start like immediately? Or did it work into it? So it started with the same kind of control that I had known to a different degree. Mm -hmm. You know, he would come home at night. And if dinner wasn't ready, he would be angry and not talk to me. And he was literally my only contact outside of church. And if I said something to somebody at church, they're like, well, you should have had dinner ready. You know, it's his job to discipline you. You know, there's this thing called the umbrella of protection. And it's like, God is the top umbrella. And then underneath is the husband's umbrella and then the wife. And then the kids are under that. And if you go straight out of that umbrella, then you're going to get all of these things raining down on you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it was always, if something bad's happening, Mm-hmm. It's because somebody is outside of the umbrella of protection. And so, but never him. Always me. Yeah. Um, so going to anybody else wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was really nothing I could do. Um, then he got verbally abusive, you know, telling me I was stupid. I was, you know, horrible person. I was, you know bad at life or you know it's a big part of where my am i enough comes from right Mm -hmm. is between years of abuse from my parents and years of abuse from my husband it was just a whole lot of there's not any way that you can be enough yeah it was probably about three months in when physical abuse started wow so it pretty much started almost right out the gate yeah that's and you know a lot of times um, men now I'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that, but typically when a man, you know, um, when he does that, it's a dominance thing. It has like very little to do with like him being a violent necessarily more than a dominant and mm-hmm. trying to, but like, it sounds to me like uh, he just didn't know out of people. Yeah. Period. Like that's what you were conditioned for too. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, if you had, you were, you know, went through the abuse as a child and then you're married and you're being abused, 
you've been conditioned this whole time. Like, well, what'd you do? You know, yeah. like, well, that's, and I saw my parents and they had yeah. the same kind of marriage and I saw my grandparents had the same kind of marriage and yeah. my grandfather was one of the meanest people I've ever known. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is all I'd ever seen. You know, yeah. this is all I saw in church. This is all I saw in life. I didn't have exposure to TV or people with healthy marriages for the most part, anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, you, you mentioned in the last episode, like, you know, once, once you actually did have the exposure to TV, you were like watching Full House and shit like that. Let me tell you, as a child, myself, watching Full House was the biggest crock of shit I have ever <laughs> seen in my fucking life. Okay? Uh, I mean, it was a good show. I watched almost every episode. Almost. But goddamn, there is nobody on this planet that solves their problems with a hug. They're like, oh, DJ. You were caught smoking with Kimmy Gibbler. You go to your room and you think about what you did. You know what my mom made me do? I had to walk down to Eastgate Pharmacy with a note to buy her a pack of Salem Light 100s. (laughs) And I fucking brought them back to her. And she said, okay, go downstairs in the basement and eat every single one of those. I had to eat. 20 Salem Light 100s, which is menthol cigarettes, by the way, (laughs) and two cigars. And you still were a smoker. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, almost immediately after I stopped throwing up. You're like, you know what would would settle my stomach? A cigarette. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I puked for probably about five hours after that. Like just just brown puke, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of uh, the Sandlot when yeah, they yeah, when yeah, they like dip the and yeah. yeah yeah. So the full house thing, no, that's not how fucking families <laughs> dealt with their problems. <laughs> fucking Danny comes up later. Okay, don't do it again, DJ. Let's let's hug it out. Come on. But I mean, that was you know. When did that start? In the late eighties. Yeah. So you were still in the. I was the, the I was Reagan when I started smoking cigarettes. Well, so no, that I'm, was ninety. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about like the eighties when Reagan was president, that's true. There, you know, there was like everything was supposed to be wholesome because his whole campaign was bringing back the family virtue, like of the fifties. So Which, I mean, by the way, Bob Saget, not that kind of comedian. No, he's dirty he was as shit. Not mm-hmm. wholesome at all. And love, then, love him, love him. And Rest this, in peace. And this is like an awful comparison, but we grew up with like Bill Cosby, thinking Bill Cosby was like the most wholesome guy in the yeah. world. Every every child grew up wanting to be a Cosby kid. Yeah, and it's a. That's why I say this is like an awful, awful comparison. Now yeah. knowing what kind of person he was, right? But if you listen to his stand up comedy. Raunchy, raunchy as, shit. as fuck, especially the 1970s stuff. Yes, yeah, he was up there with Richard Pryor and yes. fucking Red Fox. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, continue. I, I apologize for cutting. No, you off. you're fine. <laughs> we got a little sidetracked talking about comedians. It happens. It happens. Um, but yeah, so I didn't. I didn't have an escape. I didn't have you know anybody I could go to. I didn't have any way to leave. And then I had kids. And I really didn't have any way to escape and I really didn't have any way to leave. And I was, you know, tasked with their salvation, you know, which is an even bigger 
burden on me. You know, if I left, they're outside of their umbrella, yeah. you know, yeah. which is all I had ever been been mm-hmm. taught to believe, you know. Right. And so it finally got to be enough that I walked mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned before that, you know, I left with the clothes on my back. I left with a pack of diapers, one pack of diapers for three kids and mm-hmm. they were in different sizes. So yeah, we made things work and, you know, two car seats for the three kids. Um, How old were you when <clears throat> you had your first? Um, so I had been when I was 20 okay. and then I had Micah at 22 and then Silas, I was 23. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, even though, you know, that's young Stelda. Right. And even, and it, even in like a normal circumstance to try and forge your own kind of path, that's still young, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, myself, like I, I've, you know, I, I had a kid, um, when I was, let's see, 22. Um, and we were a young couple, you know, and it didn't work out between me and my ex-wife. Um, but now, like looking back on it, I was young, you mm-hmm. know, not a lot of people realize that like when you're in your early 20s, you're still trying to figure shit out. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying you know? to figure out who you are. Right. And I think that that's one, like I said before, I think one thing that kind of works for us is we got together when we were older. So we were already, we knew who we were. Yeah. I mean, I was what? 34, 33, 33. Yeah. We were 33 years old um, when we got together and um, damn good on us. (laughs) Good on us. Um, Doesn't always work. I was 28 when I got married the second time and Mm -hmm. that didn't work. Um, yeah. wasn't, you know, nearly what the first one was. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't bad. We were just bad for each other. Yeah. And it was, I was still trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted. Yeah. And, you know, even at that age, because I hadn't left until I was 26. Mm-hmm. So I'd only been out a couple of years and I'd only been experiencing the world for a couple of years. Yeah. Right. And it was probably... Something on your mind that you were just like, okay, this is what I have to do, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, still being new to the, the outside world in quotations, yeah. um, <clears throat> it might've been like a, a coping mechanism to kind of adjust. Yeah. And, and we both, we both just needed to be with somebody at the time, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, he had just lost his wife. I had just left my husband's mm-hmm. and, you know. Um, my second husband is also a trans guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the time, you know, he was, she, and, you know, I can't get rid of this same sex attraction that, you know, so I'll lean into it. And it went very far in the other direction and I got married and, you know, three kids and two dogs and, you know, the perfect life and house and everything else. And it wasn't right for me either, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not right for everybody, you know, like there's people that live their entire lives, you know, not knowing that they, they, they don't want that, you know? Um, 
But then there's people much like yourself, again, trying to figure stuff out. And you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's see. First marriage, guy was abusive. Second marriage, wasn't really right for you. What are you doing now? I am single. Um, mm-hmm. Planning to stay that way. Mm-hmm. I identify as asexual, which means that I don't really have a sexual preference at all. Like I just don't feel attracted to people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't ever have that moment of, Ooh, look at that. You yeah. Know? Right. And there are times, you know, I, I get to know people and I want a more romantic relationship with them. Um, but that's not a frequent thing mm-hmm. for me. And it's not something I ever see becoming a, a big part of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, being like asexual, having those certain, like every once in a while, but is it like a passing feeling? Like, you know, a passing feeling of attraction when you're attracted to somebody? It can be. Um, okay. typically it's after I get to know somebody pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, And typically it's, I would like to spend time with this person on a more intimate level, not, I would like to jump into bed with this person. Right. Right. Let's watch movies. Yeah. Romantic comedies and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you already talked about that? (laughs) Why are you pushing the romantic com? Is it because every horror movie at the end turns into a romantic? Fucking (laughs) rom-com. Every single goddamn time. Every fucking time. The last several people I have spent that kind of time with, we've <clears> just <throat> watched old wrestling. Um, currently, one of my obsessions is hey, old WWE. Now, where you really need to go is the old WWF. Oh, I've been back all that far. Okay. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the best. <laughs> that was I, the best. I grew up watching wrestling. <clears throat> my favorite was Bret Hart. And I I don't know where it is now because we've moved so much. But I have like this old Bret Hart T-shirt. And when I would, I mean, I would wear it in public and people would come up to me and like, how, how much would you take for that shirt? And I'm like, I'm fucking wearing this shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. <not> <laughs> you send me your address and the money and I'll send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Shifty eyes. Um... Yeah, so um I'm actually uh I'm actually do you have uh, any questions cuz I'm actually kind of uh exhausted on mine. <laughs> wow. Um trying to think here. Eureka, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> so when you left what what kind of culture shock did you have seeing, I guess, the outside world? Oh man! So it was it was intense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I came into from that into downtown Akron, <laughs> Copley Road oh, yeah. level of downtown Akron, and not the best area. Woof! And yeah, and so the first night, I'm hearing this weird noise. And we're looking out the window and there's this big thing coming down the street that I didn't mm-hmm. recognize. I didn't, cause I knew what cars were and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never seen this. And so I had to ask somebody what it was. It was a street cleaner. 
Okay. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. My kids were absolutely terrified of this thing. Oh, yeah, because it's got those big brushes on uh-huh. it, and it does have, like, a very distinct, weird sound. Yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah. I mean, don't worry. I see them, like, almost every week, and I'm terrified of them <laughs> even now. I just get frustrated because they drive slow. Get out and, of my way. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then, like, also, like, there were, like, grocery stores everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, within walking distance of the place I was staying there were two grocery stores and a gas station and, you know, like several restaurants. And I'm like, what is all of this? Cause like yeah. I had never eaten in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never, you know, seen, like I'd been in grocery stores, but not like anything like this. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, a small grocery store in my town and you could get a handful of items, but like that was the biggest grocery store I had been in. Um, so you said growing up, it was so controlling, like you, you couldn't eat certain things. Mm -hmm. So like, what couldn't you eat? We didn't do pork at all. Um, we didn't do, um, certain vegetables, like mostly the vegetables and fruit that we ate, we grew, Mm -hmm. um, because there were restrictions around how things were grown, um, so we did a lot of green beans and squash and, you know, leaf mm-hmm. lettuce and tomatoes. Um, we did like made gravy out of tomato juice all the time. Mm-hmm. I actually still make that sometimes because it's tasty. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back that up. <laughs> we need that recipe. Okay. Yeah. It's super easy. Tomato gravy? Yeah. All right. I will send you a recipe. I want that recipe. I've improved it from the one I had growing up because it was not great, but. So it was kind of, and I apologize. I don't remember what the, but there's like a, a food line. It's like Ezekiel something. And it's like from a Bible verse, um, like this is all you need. So like the breads have like, what's in this Bible verse. So what the diet was kind of based on the Bible, because I know pork is like a religion thing. Yeah. So I think there was some of that. And I think it was just one of those behavior control things. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we mostly grew or raised our own food, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we would go to the store for like staple items. Like I said, they had a handful of items at the grocery store that yeah. there, you know, but like I made butter as a little kid um, and and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like it was just my diet was very limited. So when you came out, you're experiencing everything. What did you try like a food that you were like, oh, my God, and you're just obsessed with? I'm going to I'm going to interject here and just say bacon. Because fuck, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. Um, <laughs> what? What? I don't. I don't care for bacon. Oh my god! Well, you know what? I think it's a sin not to like bacon. Okay, that's well. what I'm gonna say. Good <laughs> news is, I don't believe in that kind of thing anymore. So, um, I mean, I will eat like bacon on pizza. I'll do or like in something, but like to sit and eat a piece of bacon mm-hmm. is not something. I don't like pork really either. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. You don't like pork, but I personally love bacon, and I can eat a whole pound of it myself, and I will, and that's all I'm thinking about right now. (laughs) 
I mean, I have I have made like pork roast <laughs> with like sauerkraut and apples, and I like that okay now. Mm-hmm. I don't do pepperoni at all. It yeah. just weirds me out. Um, or like hot dogs is something else that like I cannot bring myself to eat because I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Even now, you know, and what are you talking about? You had a hot dog yesterday. Yeah, but we get like all beef hot dogs from the German Fest. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I will eat them occasionally, you know, yeah. like, like that, you know, if I'm out somewhere and that's what they have. Yeah. Possibly, but I'm more likely to just go hungry mm. than consume this tube of meat that I don't know what it is. I always think of the movie The Great Outdoors, Lips and Assholes. Lips and Assholes. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, they tasty. You you probably it's uh it was it's an older movie we were little when that one came out and it's like Dan Aykroyd and John Candy and John Candy's like so grilling funny. hot dogs and Dan Aykroyd's character's kind of got money and he's like oh what are you doing those are just full of lips and assholes and he like busts out like lobster <laughs> yeah. yeah you find out later that he's broke spoiler alert. <laughs> Probably from buying all this fucking lobster. Have you seen the price of lobster nowadays? <laughs> Woof. Woof. So what is something that you tried when you got out and you, you're just obsessed with? Mexican food. I had never oh. had a taco. Really? You know what? I I, I concur. <laughs> like, I think everybody should have Mexican food at least once. Also yeah. pizza. Like, I got, I got pizza today and it kind of, like, blew my mind that, like... I can order this mm-hmm. and get it. Like I'd never had pizza before I left. Yeah. You know, so but you've like had that. pizza before today. Well, yes. <laughs> but the ability to order it and have it delivered just kind of blew my mind again today. Like, yeah. It's kind of the things that like we would take up. for granted, yeah. I think is the I point. I just used my phone on the website. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, and now, just, now you just, we don't just dropped it out outside my door. Yeah. I didn't even have to see the delivery driver. It was great. We don't order food from places we have to call. <laughs> and right. if we do, like I make him call because I'm like, I don't, I hate, I have like this anxiety going through like the drive through at like Wendy's because I'm like, Tell me exactly how to say what you want because, like, I just have like this panic, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Give me a triple Dave, <laughs> a triple stack Dave." So three pieces of bacon. <laughs> so Mexican food, uh, pizza. Were you allowed to have like sweets growing up? Um, not really. Like okay. occasionally, they would be like like rewards, you know. Okay, we baked. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, the place where I grew up had a lot of apples. And so we made like a lot of apple cake and apple pie and, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I grew up making grape juice. And so that was like a big treat when we mm-hmm. made grape juice and we were able to have that. Or we um, processed blackberries into basically it was blackberry juice and then we thickened it and mm-hmm. served it over biscuits like you would your tomato gravy. Um, they call it blackberry jam. Still want that tomato gravy. I will send it to you. I promise. <laughs> Jesus, now that's all I want. What about like, so. With bacon. <laughs> now you're fucking thinking. For Christmas, I got him bacon jam. Fucking A. Bacon jam. It was so good. It's got, we still have some. It's got like flexible. A little bit. A little bit. So. You should make onion jam at some point. I'm in. I think I've had that from like Amish country. You know, um. 
pepper jelly is really good too. Yeah, we have. I some. have not had that before I met you. No. Yeah. And and I mix it with cream cheese and make like a dip. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a coworker. I'm not going to name a name, but mm-hmm. he he didn't know until like a few years ago that pickles were cucumbers. What? And I really blew his mind <laughs> when I told him that you could pickle other things. Yeah. Like green beans or carrots and stuff like that. Like it, it just like absolutely blew his mind. So I had to to could, take him pickled carrots and pickled green beans here recently. You we could get pickle that. Rick too. Ah. Uh. <laughs> we get that. Uh, what is it called? Like pickle That's got like yeah. pickled like uh, carrots and banana peppers and and cauliflower. Yeah, and, yeah I love a it. Whole lot of good I, like stuff. I'll just sit there with the jar. I love pickled cauliflower. Yeah, it's so good. But dilly beans are the best. I don't Those think are ever... pickled green beans. Oh, well. I've um, never actually had that. Another recipe I need to send you. Is that it? That's another <laughs> recipe. Just send me a book. It's fine. It's fine. So did you guys celebrate holidays? Um, yes, but not in a traditional way. Okay. Um, I celebrated, we celebrated Christmas growing up. Mm-hmm. All the patriotic holidays because we were very much America. Yeah. You know, and Thanksgiving we did not celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. In fact, we hid in a bedroom with all the lights out in the house every year on Halloween. Um, Praying and <laughs> just just hiding because there were demons that were going to come into your body and possess you if you were seen. And like mm-hmm. it was just shit. That is the saddest story I've heard. <laughs> wow. I love Halloween. Like <clears throat> and it's. I mean, my mom was like that. She was like, you know, ah, Satan. It's mm-hmm. Satan's holiday. and Which is very funny. And yeah, a little background about my mom, though, is like my mom cared more about like prescription medication than she did her own children. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a Christian only on Sundays. That, that And apparently me. Halloween. And apparently Halloween, <laughs> you know. I've talked, I've talked a little bit about her before. You know, she did predict the future. With the information superhighway. <laughs> but, uh, so you said you didn't celebrate Christmas in the traditional sense? Right. Like we didn't do presents. We didn't do trees. We didn't do Santa. Uh-huh. You know, anything like that. Christmas was a day for worship. Okay. We went to church and it was a day-long church service. Oof. That, I mean, I could hardly take the hour that it took when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, our church services frequently went... From early on Sunday morning until Sunday evening, we would go straight through. Like there were supposed to be two services. One it started at 1030 in the morning and then one that started at 7 at night. Frequently, we would go until 8 at night from the 1030 in the morning service. Wow. So do you celebrate Christmas now in the traditional sense? I actually... So this year was the first year that I've celebrated Christmas mm-hmm. in several years at all when my kids were little I did Mm -hmm. and then this year my son was really sick the entire month of December um he had COVID Mm -hmm. and was in the ICU for most of December came home a couple days after Christmas and so we had uh, we made a big deal out of it both in the hospital and after we got home Mm -hmm. mostly because his now wife is like huge into Christmas and holidays and Mm -hmm. I was willing to do anything for the two of them at that point, you know, after the ordeal that they had been through. Um, So this year I celebrated Mm -hmm. with him and Kelsey and with all my kids. Um, 
but I had not celebrated in many years mm-hmm. before that. Did you guys celebrate like birthdays? Yes and no. Um, they were very much like we could pick what we wanted to eat within reason on our mm-hmm. birthdays. And then, you know, we made cake or something, mm-hmm. but there weren't like presents involved and, you know, parties, you know, I never had a birthday party mm-hmm. until a few years ago. We had a small party with some people, um, this past year, um, another one of our coworkers had brought me a cake and it was like earth shattering flooring that somebody would do that for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's hard thinking because we grew up with all of this and then not growing up with this and seeing it, it would just be like sensory overload. I imagine Mm -hmm. like just trying to take everything in and like not understanding things. I imagine that was hard. It was, you know, a lot of culture shock. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I kind of agree with the whole not giving presents and just making them fucking like, you know, have another day. Little bastards, little badass kids. These badass fucking spoiled ass little bastards. I mean, <laughs> for my kids after we left, I didn't ever do like big parties. Well, I think yeah. we did one big party while Micah was sick. Um, but I did one party for all three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, because their birthdays are January, February, and April. So oh, wow. um, we could do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And also there's organizations that give like really amazing cakes for uh, sick kids. So we took advantage of that for a couple years. You know, Liz and I, we actually celebrate one birthday. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was, she was born March 15th. I was born March 16th. So kind of works out in our favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That would be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so, uh, do we want to add anything in conclusion to this? Um, we're at 48 minutes. Um, I would say, do you have anything you want to just say that we haven't covered or? I think just that, you know, anybody who might be listening to this, who needs a way out of a situation, there's hope. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the message I want to get across, you know, that, yeah. you know, I'm happy. I'm hopeful. I'm he- I'm healthy today. Yeah. And it gets better. You know, yeah. that's cliche as fuck at this point, but yeah, it gets better. I mean, to a degree, it's cliche, but I mean, honestly, there's there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, there's people that are stuck in situations, even if they're not like in a cult per se. They could be in a bad marriage or, mm-hmm. you know, they could be, you know, just feeling trapped in their own in their own body, in their own, you know. So there's there's more to your story than just one thing that you have escaped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. Yeah, it's not cliche. It's, you know, they could be any number of one of those things, you know. Yeah. It could be nothing at all, but can relate, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to thank you very much for coming to, on today and telling thank your you. story. Thank you for having me. Um, and uh, I would love to have you on again on a much lighter note, you know, <laughs> not necessarily telling your story, but maybe just having a conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but until that time, this is Dave and I'm Liz, and this is memoirs of a modern marriage. Please be sure to rate us five stars and follow us on all social program, uh, platforms. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, listen to us on Spotify. Um, 
let's see, Stitcher, like Stitcher Google Podcasts, and uh, Facebook. Yep. All right. You guys have yourself a great week. We'll see you next time. Yeah.